Welcome to the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I'm joined as always by my partner. I'll let you boy, this is Len, aka the Bat Tribble. And tonight, as we acknowledge Black Music Month, we are going to spend some time with a true classic. Yeah. When we talk about black music culture. 1972's The Harder They Come, a film that many have acknowledged as the 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 real introduction of reggae and Jamaican music to an international audience. Mm-hmm. The choice of Lynn Webb. Yes. But before we get to the harder they come, how are you? How are you this evening, Lynn? How are things? Well, I'm fine now. Um, this was my first time seeing the harder they come, and okay. I, I did not realize that this film was going to be triggering for me. Um, <laughs> I will talk about it when we get to the review. Were you an aspiring musician who stumbles into the world of international drug dealing in the early '70s in Jamaica? No. <laughs> Not that. Not that. I, mean, I don't know your life. <laughs> I don't know your life. Well, that wasn't it. That wasn't it. But I definitely felt triggered by this movie a little bit. And I'll, I'll talk about it when we get to the review. Okay, Vincent, how are you doing? Uh, uh d- 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 how was? How did you spend your weekend? Your Father's Day. Oh, you know, doing you this being and a that. father, being a father. You know, doing this and that. Yeah, you know, running around, actually doing father stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, and, and and you? I saw you had a waffle. I did have a waffle. Yeah. I, I love Belgian waffles. Okay, right? all right. And I have Fair. taught Fair. myself to make Belgian waffles, and I've enjoyed the way I was making Belgian waffles for years. Okay, all right. right? Especially once I discovered years ago. I don't know how long they've had it, but years ago I was at a hotel. Okay. Where you could make your own like waffles in the morning. At like a waffle station. Right. Okay. And it was one of the things that you could actually turn it over. A waffle iron. Right. Yes. Dude, that was a revelation to me. I was like, oh my God. How were you making, you were making your waffles without a waffle iron? No, I was making them with a waffle iron, but for years, waffle irons were just basically stationary. Just a stationary clothes. But this one, it was the flip. You could turn it. You turn it. Yeah. And okay. then the light blinks. Right. Let's right, know when right, it's right, done. Right. I was like, you had to upgrade your waffle iron game. I, I had to. Yeah. I true. must. It's true. So, but I've enjoyed Belgian waffles that I've made for years. They're delicious. So don't at me, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. But it was only this weekend mm-hmm. where was. I was um, about to make my waffles. Okay. All right. right. And I realized that I did not have any more cinnamon. Mm. So, and I wasn't sure because it was still early in the morning. I wasn't dressed. So I feel like running across the street to get some cinnamon. Sure. So I said, let me look up real quick. Is there anything that people do when they don't have cinnamon to get flavor? Okay. In their waffles. Okay. And this was the first time in almost forever, that I looked up how to make waffles. Right, 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 right. And that's when I noticed mm-hmm. that most of the recipes I saw didn't have cinnamon. I, right. I didn't know. I thought that was a regional thing or a, a web family secret. or No, no, no. no. They didn't have cinnamon in, in right, there. But what they had uh-huh. was vanilla. Yes. 
I never knew. Never, you, never knew that. I never knew never, it. Never knew. Who taught you to make waffles? <laughs> okay. I'm, that, that's a genuine question. It is a genuine question. Yeah. And here's where I'm going to- That's I thought maybe- This is where I'm going to clown some more. Okay. Because I was taught how to make waffles- Okay. From Aunt Jemima. Because I read the instructions on the back. And on the back, it said, you cinnamon- you know, it doesn't say use cinnamon, actually. I don't know where the cinnamon comes no, from. Just, I don't know where the cinnamon I don't, came from. It's just some you came up with. Somewhere over the years. You, now you've drugged Aunt your mama in here, and she didn't even do anything. Some, somewhere over the years, it it, 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 like she, it showed that it's not that I learned cinnamon. That recently that she won the battle to get the rag off her head, Is and it? now you are you got her telling. But neither did she, neither did it have Vanilla on the back. Are you either. sure? I'm positive. Are you? Because I looked again. Okay. It doesn't have vanilla doesn't on have the back. Vanilla on no. the back. Okay. But now I know that now you know. vanilla. All so right. when I went across the street, right, and I got cinnamon, and I got vanilla. So you put still with the cinnamon. Yeah, cinnamon works. So I don't know. Okay, I don't know. If, obviously, I'm the only person. Look, man. But, hey, man. Hey. <laughs> Well, Sharon Eldridge says she puts cinnamon in her uh, Kodak cake pancake mix, Len. I feel you. Look, man. If you enjoy the cinnamon. I do. Then enjoy the cinnamon. But apparently you needed cinnamon and vanilla. Well, they were fine for years. For years. I was fine. But adding vanilla, you, I you do. Just I, change, I just, did taste. Well, just, I Two things. I, t I, I tasted the difference, and I also noticed the 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 shade difference. The shade is a little, a little lighter. A little lighter. But it was delicious. And it was so good. So good. That I made the waffle that you saw I put on Instagram. Yeah, because mm -hmm, sure. This is my, my, my Father's Day gift to me, because I yes. talked to my daughter. And Absolutely. All I want for a father. That's look, man. And then, yeah. that night, I made... Uh, more waffles. More waffles with fried chicken. I'm about saying, got some chicken. Well, I made fried chicken. Well, that's the way Jesus enjoys them. That's the way Jesus made them. That's the way G Jesus walked chicken and waffles. That's a, yeah, a lot of people don't know that. I know. I know. It was the next to the last supper. Next to the last supper. The next. <laughs> the next <laughs> but you don't, don't read about that often. <laughs> da Vinci didn't have a painting. Of the next to the last supper. He was on his way. He was on his way, he was there. On his way there. Next to last supper. He's like, oh, I wish I was here yesterday. Well, happy Father's Day. Thank you. <laughs> so, I was sitting in the house eating my waffles. We are still talking about waffles. Well, because yes. now I'm on to what I did for Father's Day. Okay. Okay. All right. So, I was sitting in the house and I know, and I, Told myself I I had spoken with my daughter. Mm -hmm. Now I made myself a breakfast. You, you've cracked the waffle code. So now I want to watch like a father daughter movie. Okay, watch. So I turned on TCM to mm -hmm. see if anything was there, and yeah. of course it's Father's Day. Father's Day. So they were showing Father of the Bride. They were showing Father of the Bride, the original. The, the original. The, the original. original. Of course, it's TCM with Spencer Tracy mm -hmm. and uh, Elizabeth Taylor. Yes. Right. So I said, you know what? I've actually never watched the whole this movie in its entirety. Really? No. That is shocking. I think every time it's been on, I come in onto it like in the middle. Okay. So I said, I'm gonna watch this from the top of the movie. All right. Great. So I turn it on. I'm eating my waffles. Mm -hmm. I'm watching the Father of the Bright. Mm -hmm. I'm cool. I'm cool. Have you ever seen this movie? I have. So I'm watching this movie. I see um Spencer Tracy comes in, he greets all his kids. You know who's in there? Your boy. Russ Tamlin. Nice. He plays the youngest son. 
Nice. Than that. So he he greets all you like the, that Russ Campbell. <laughs> I know you like Russ Campbell. Uh, he greets all, all all his kids. He greets his wife, played by Joan Bennett. Um, and then Elizabeth Taylor comes down. She's Google in the eyes because this boy has proposed to her, but mm-hmm. she hasn't revealed it to dad. And they're sitting there eating, mm-hmm. right? Then they're eating like ice cream. Right, right, right. And at some point, Elizabeth Taylor asks her parents, can I, um, I'm going to be going out. I'm about to leave. Mm-hmm. And mom says, oh, well, let me get you your coffee. You know, because I guess it was the coffee with the... The, the dessert and I'm thinking she's going to get up but she reaches over and rings a bell okay and out comes the black maid okay and she says can you get us the coffee yes now mom said let me get you the coffee yeah but all she really did was ring a bell yes that ca- for, for the black maid that, that constitutes getting the coffee right yeah I immediately turned the movie off really yeah but yeah, I, I, I was, I was, I, I, I couldn't go there. I was not in that frame of mind to, to watch this. It, <laughs> it, it upset me. That upset you. It, it upset me. That, that the maid was summoned to go get coffee. I just something about. Maybe I'm not gonna fight you. Something about that. It just, it, it just, just, just it, it bothered me. Right. Okay. It bothered me. Fair so enough. then I said, well, you know what? I like Steve Martin. I'll go to the remake. Go to the remake. So I went to the remake of Father of Bride. And there's no black maid in that. Okay. But it's corny. Oh, you don't like the remake. No, no. Because it's interesting. The, the things you learn watching TCM. Okay. Originally, the creators of the original Father of the Bride. Yes. They didn't want Spencer Tracy. Okay. They wanted Jack Benny. Oh, it seems more like a Jack Benny role now that you said it. Well, actually, it wasn't. It wasn't even the director. It was the the writer and the producer. Sure. They wanted Jack Benny, and the the director said no because when you get Jack Benny, you have to create funny bits for him, and especially to fit like the character that he had already built up. Whereas Spencer Tracy is just there playing a dad, right? And a dad being exasperated by everything. Right. 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 With that in mind, I turn on the remake with mm-hmm. Steve Martin, who I love, Steve Martin. But now I can see where they have built bits because of Steve Martin, as opposed to him just being Steve an Steve. exasperated dad. Right. And right. it took me out of the movie. Right. Although with Jack Benny, which you really could have played up, was how expensive weddings are. You really could have. And it makes sense like why you pretty, would want him. It actually is pretty easy to have Jack Benny. We need to create a time machine to go back and tell them, no, no, it should be Jack Benny, and it'd be fairly easy to have Jack Benny, in, in, you know, in this film. And uh, I don't know about that. They would Tracy imme- is really good. They would immediately kick us out and say, "Who let them colored boys in here?" But that tracks. But you know, that's exactly. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. So that was my father's. All right. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to, no, 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 Vincent. Right, 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 right. We're going to get into our show. Getting to our letters. We're going to get into the letters. because letters this week. Yes, yes. There's no top five this week. Right, right, right. So we're only going to do letters. But before we do our letters. Right, I do. Vincent, you wanted to talk about. Well, I wanted to mention something that I suspect many of the missionaries are already talking about. Because, you know, we tend to have. Uh, a a squad that is pretty media savvy, mm-hmm. kind of keeping up with these things. 
And I want to talk a little bit about Maureen Ryan's new book, Burn It Down. Yeah, yeah. Of, about the industry. And and it came out a couple of days ago. And the, 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 the excerpt that was in Vanity Fair that everyone was talking about a few weeks ago was the chapter about Lost. Okay. And how corrosive and terrible the whole um, environment was on Lost, specifically the way Harold Piernew was treated. Well, I mean, was he... I, I did not watch Lost past like four sure, episodes. Sure, sure. Uh, he, he, was, he, was, he was sort of boxed out. He hmm. was, you know, treated very disrespectfully. When he asked about um, being basically a black man and the way his character was was being written. And wasn't he a father too? Well, he, he was a father and son and they separated right. them and a lot went on with that. And ultimately, he basically got fired from the show for saying y'all are being racist towards me. Wow, I didn't even know that. But more pointedly, we are a, a, a podcast that for many, many years at this point have talked about how much we love Nicole Bahari. Oh, yes. And yes. there is an entire about chapter. Miss, Miss Juneteenth. Well, there's an entire chapter in the book on her television show, Sleepy Hollow, and how amazingly terrible she was treated Yeah, on the show, and how because of a, 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 a whisper campaign, Mm -hmm. That we've been on long enough that we've heard these whispers. In a lot of ways, it it really affected her career. Yeah, really, like in a way that she wasn't able. Stifled it. It. it, They said that she was difficult. They said that you you know just a lot of things that it doesn't sound like it was true, Mm -hmm. and it it is it is infuriating. I can't imagine reading how she was treated, and and again as you mentioned. Whether we are talking about her performance in Hawk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, where she has a couple of scenes where she's amazing. Whether we're talking about, as you said, Miss Juneteenth, Juneteenth, which which is an amazing tour de force. It is criminal that Nicole Bahari is not bigger than she is. And I think the great thing about Ryan's reporting is that you see this was intentional mm-hmm. the way she's basically been blackballed and the way she was treated on that show. So, and it's a shame because I, I was a fan of that show when it first came out yeah, first came oh, out, yeah. and you could feel the wheels start to come off and it, that's it, right. You felt, you felt like an ickiness about what was happening there. Look, one of the things that, that the chapter pointed out that I had forgotten, I had just never really connected the pieces. Mm-hmm. Sleepy Hollow is before Get Out. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So we're in this, We are. it's funny, we were talking about the blackening a little bit before we started um, going live. We're in this sort of black horror renaissance right now mm-hmm. that a lot of us kind of say, you know, Get Out kind of started it. Yeah, yeah. But Sleepy Hollow had really captured it. And that first season of Sleepy Hollow, they talk about the fact it had garnered this really passionate black following. Yes, it did. Because if you remember, not only was it Nicole Bahari, Orlando Jones was on there. Yes. And both characters 
had their own families. They mm-hmm. like this wasn't your typical television show where it's like a black character who only exists in this white world. Yeah. Yeah. Like both of them had families, both of them have. So like, I remember, cause you know, every, if, if you've been following the Michelle mission for longer than 10 minutes, you know, Vince don't really do demons and ghosts and stuff. Don't still do ghosts. And my wife is as bad as I am, but I remember saying to Wendy, this show is actually scary. Because mm-hmm. remember, it would get scary on Sleepy Hollow. But it is so good. And it is so black. We actually have to watch this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, as you said, the second season, there was an abrupt shift yep. in the storytelling, yep. in the plots, mm-hmm. in all of it. And according to Maureen Ryan, who, again, has, you know, noted critic, noted journalist, like she, as a kid, say, say has lots of receipts. Mm-hmm. This is something that actually happened, where the writing staff changed and the production people at Fox and everyone basically cut off their nose to spite their face. Wow. Just because of pure racism. Wow. That's so, a damn shame. It is a damn shame. I, I, I got to check that out. Burn it down. Burn it down. Be- Burn it down, Marine Ryan. Oh, I can't wait to check yeah, that out. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. So, I wanted to talk about that for a minute. Now we've talked about it. Shout out to Nicole Bahar. You know, one of my dreams, if like somehow they put me in charge of one of these streaming services, like I don't know how much it would cost, but it seems like you should be able to buy the rights to Miss Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. Like I would buy the rights to Miss Juneteenth and then spin it off into a series. And then just have Nicole, because remember at the end, she, at the end of the film, she has the bar and they've got that whole town. And oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. I'll, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like somebody needs to just give Nicole Bahari a vehicle and get out the way. I, yeah, I would sign up for that. Yeah. I would so. sign up for that in a heartbeat, man. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, burn it All down, right. ladies and gentlemen. Hope you check that check that out if you haven't already. It's on sale now at a bookstore near you. All right. Let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. It is time. Long overdue, but yes. it, it is here. Yes. It is time for missives Miss- from the missionaries. This is from the missionary. So what else is going on, Lynn? We have emails, Vincent. Ooh, missives from the missionaries. This is from the missionaries, ladies and gentlemen. These are your emails that you have sent to us here at Mission at gmail.com. And we've been stacking them up, stacking them up, not on purpose. It's just been a, a busy show, but we finally found the time to get to them. We have a moment. Hmm? We have a moment. We have a moment. We had a moment. What's going on? Well, we have an email. Uh-huh. From May 23rd. Okay. This is the oldest email. Okay. All right. And it's from our good friend, George Carmona. Hey, George. All right. Uh, Gents and fellow missionaries. Mm Mm-hmm. I've been meaning to reach out since Swan Song. Okay. All right. As usual, at 
at the day gig listening to the Swan Song episode when I decided to pause the ep and look up this movie as I hadn't heard of it. Okay. Find out that it was on the Fruit Channel. Yes. <laughs> so now I started the movie during lunch and fell in. And I couldn't agree with more with your review. That movie was an elegant sci-fi love story. Yeah. Yeah, it really is, man. Yeah. Um, and it almost is interesting with, you know, Black Mirror coming back. It's got a lot say, of Black Mirror vibes to it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Really dope. Um, Silo. Yes. George can continues. Mm -hmm. I found out about this show from a general press email. I was excited by the premise and the cast. Fast forward a few days and a big box company sends me an email for the Silo ebook collected series mm -hmm. for $4.99. All right. That's a good deal. Serendipity. Finish the first book in the series, Wool, and we'll take a break to see where the show leaves us. Vince. Okay. Did you know there's a graphic novel adaptation as well as a spit-off series by another writer. I love some of the choices the show makes, shifting some things for a visual medium, like mm -hmm. the idea of contraband from bef the before time. I hope they lean more into the thought banning that, that's more prevalent in the book as I look at Silo as a twisted mirror version of Foundation. Mm. Another Fruit Channel show. Both shows share themes of governmental control in the face of humanity's continuation. The last few episodes have been a great callback to the earlier days of the mission when you could tell if the review was going to be bad by the amount of time spent before the review. Come on, George. <laughs> George has been a missionary for quite a, time, a long time. Oh. Come on, George. And I wholeheartedly agree that sometimes the story behind the movie is a better tale. I'm going to miss trailer talk. I'm sure it'll keep it'll keep Spock and Jason company in the Michelle Mission graveyard. But I am enjoying the class of 1989 and can't wait for the next side mission. Have a great show always, George. Thank you, George. I didn't know about all the various and sundry wool things. Oh, you did? Yes, I did. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As we mentioned, I was I, I was obsessed with wool when it came out. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like I really enjoy the Hugh Howie universe. Okay. So, all right. And I'm still enjoying the show. You are. I, I am. Because you're going to report back to I'm me. I'm going to report the, back to you because you've paused. I've, I've pa uh, paused. hard paused. I'm still all in, but I do acknowledge that part of the reason I'm all in is because I love the book so much. I have found something else to take my time. Okay. What's that? Have you watched on Max Unicorn War Warrior Eternal? I have not. It's an animated show. Uh, yeah. Jindy uh, Tartakovsky. Yeah. Good stuff. I'm enjoying it. Okay. It's, right. but first of all, it's gorgeous. I mean, of course. Oh uh, yeah, but this is probably like the best animation from him I've ever seen. Okay. All right. Um, and then it's just it's just, it's a very interesting story. It, it it you you think that it's a little bit more madcap, mm -hmm. but it's a lot more meditative. Got a lot of you know steampunk in it, mm -hmm. but still is very high fantasy. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I would say on the list, but it was already on the list because I'm a big fan. All right. All right. But thank you, George. Thank you, George. 
Next email, Vincent. Okay. This is from Eric Bray. Hey, Eric. Greetings, men of Michelle. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing you're eager for May to be over. Yes. But as a fan <laughs> of listening to you dunk on trash like Theodore Rex, June always leaves me asking, Mother, may I have another month <laughs> of those bad black movies? Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's more fun for us than it is for you. So instead of starting a petition, I'll just say thank you for your service. Your recent debate over who has the who was the bigger action star, Jean-Claude Van Damme or Steven Seagal, reminded me of 2008's John JCVD, mm-hmm. in which Van Damme plays himself as a hostage caught in a bank robbery. The movie makes its own comparisons. Early in the film, Van Damme discovers he's been passed over for a role in favor of Seagal. If you haven't seen this existential French action comedy drama, I highly recommend giving it a choice, a chance. It's unlike any of the actors, others, and even features a lengthy, teary-eyed monologue from Van Damme that shows acting chops I wouldn't have thought the muscles from Brussels possess. <laughs> Thanks for over seven years of excellent reviews. I look forward to many more. Eric Bray from Savannah, Georgia. Thank you, Eric. I've heard good things about that movie. I've never heard of JCVD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had a little buzz when it came out. Mm, okay. So is is like is is that almost like the um what was that Nicolas Cage movie from just a couple of years ago? Yes. The the you know, G- Nicolas Cage playing Nicolas yeah, Cage more. Yeah, I think it is. Okay. I think it is. But yeah, it was supposed to be pretty you know, I always thought Jean Claude Van Damme was more self aware than any of those other action stars. I can see that. Yeah. You know, I feel like in a lot of ways, Arnold Schwarzenegger followed his lead along that, those lines. Well, I mean, you don't think that Arnold, I think Arnold had a pretty healthy sense of who he was and wasn't from the get go. I, I feel like I, I, I had feel fun like, with it. I feel like there is a shift right around last action hero. Oh. Where he begins to sort of be a little more self-aware. See, I think he's a little bit more self-aware before that because, I mean, like he's he's definitely in full like you know I am the man mode yeah. in Commando, right? But I think both Terminators. I think I mean, but Terminators, Conans, but Terminators is a different thing. I think Predator. I think Commando. I think he's very much. No, okay, okay. I think playing it straight. No, but I think that in Terminator, like the first Terminator, he basically is just a rope. Sure, right? Sure. But the second Terminator, which admittedly is a few years later, Mm -hmm. I think by then he's got a healthy sense of who he is, and he's he's having fun with it. I don't think he's playing that real super straight. I mean, he he has to play it. He's still a robot, so he can't lean, but so far, right? But I think he's he's. You know, right. he's having fun with it. All right. Like, as opposed to someone like Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone, like, he drank all his cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? So, I I, 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 right. I But thank you, Eric. And, and that was also on the list, I guess. Like I said, I'd heard good things about it. I just never really got around it. There are only so many hours in the day. I know. Yeah. Next email. All right. This one is from 
Michael Kettner. Hey, Michael. The subject line, fairly new fan. Okay. Back back episodes and six degrees of Derville Martin. Okay. All right. I like so he says so. It's like I feel like it's a Karnak joke. Yeah. Um yeah. showing my age. Uh good evening, Len and Vince. Hey. I just found out about the Michelle Mission podcast in March of 2023. Okay. It has since become the soundtrack of my life. Oh, that's I absolutely love the show. Not only is it informative and and entertaining, but your rapport with each other is so genuine and endearing that I could see myself coming to Philadelphia from Virginia just to attend one of your live events. And well, you should. And you'll have an opportunity on July 19th when at Bryn Mawr Film Institute, the Michelle Mission will be there to screen five on the black hand side. It's the summer of Derville Martin, That's ladies right. and gentlemen. That's right. Five on the black hand side, starring Derville Martin and other people. And other people. July 19th at Bryn Mawr Film Institute. Tickets are on sale now. Go to MichelleMission.com and hit events and you'll find the link. It's going to be a good time. Definitely going to be a good time. I'm bringing pretzel bites. Yes. So come on up, Michael. Michael continues. Michael continues. The downside to being a latecomer okay. is as I'm catching up on old episodes, I'm wanting to communicate with you about them way after the original air date. Okay. Okay. This is why it has taken me so long to email you. But I figured better late than never, both in emailing you and in providing commentary on past episodes. So here it goes. Okay. Regarding the Six Degrees of Derville Martin from the Bird episode of the Michelle Mission. Okay, all right. Emilio Estevez was in the Breakfast Club with Molly Ringwald. Yes. Molly Ringwald was in the stand with Ruby D. Ruby D was in A Raisin in the Sun with Sidney Poitier. Sidney Poitier was in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner with Derville Martin. Was the stand in theaters? I don't believe so. I thought the stand was, was a, TV. A, telev- a TV movie. And... See, Michael? See? We can't... We I couldn't use it. No. Sorry, Michael. And I enjoyed it, but I can't use it. Sorry. Almost. Almost. Yeah. Almost. Please give up the good work. Looking forward to listening to all episodes of the show. All New right. and old Michael Kettner. Thank you, Michael. Thank, Thank you, Michael. You. Really appreciate that. That was That was really cool. That was really cool. Yeah, sometimes your your mind wants to go to like the TV. I know, I know, but you you can't, man. I know you can't. Um, Michael, return with another email. Okay. Hello, Welcome back, Michael. Long time no year. <laughs> Hello, there, Len and Vince. I'm currently listening to the toy episode. Okay. All right. All right. A madcap adventure of a rich white boy who purchases a black man. I jinx Sue. You were discussing how Richard Pryor's comedic style transformed from a family-friendly, almost Bill Cosby-esque form to something more personal. Yes. So I wanted to tell you about a great CD my husband bought me years ago called something like Richard Pryor Evolution Revolution. Okay. It's an amazing time capsule of Richard Pryor's evolution as a comedian as it includes audio from live performances where you can tell that he's starting to experiment with deeply personal and free-form comedy. Mm-hmm. If you come across it, you should definitely buy it. I seem to remember uh, seeing that. 
Okay. And it does like you because Bill Richard Pryor is basically a Bill Cosby clone. Yes. But then you can start to feel him start to make change over. Absolutely. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. On a side note, I'm vacationing in Paris right now. Ooh, la di da. And I went to check out some comic book stores. Oh. Vince was on point in an older episode right. when he talked about how seriously That's the French right. take comic books as an art mm-hmm. form. Well, that's, that's true, man. That's, yeah. Oh, they're the yeah. ones that made Carl Barks. Like, oh, yeah. P.S. My first name is pronounced Mikkel. Okay, Mikkel. Mikkel. And I'm an African-American woman. Just thought I'd let you know because people more often than not, than not mispronounce my name as I did. We so, did. It just happened. I apologize. It just happened. Yes. But 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 now we've, we've, we know. Look. It's when you know Nick better, Hill. you do better. Exactly. And that's what we would do. The only women I've met who have the same name as me, as far as I know, uh, and, and, and in regards to the spelling, which she spells M-I-C-H-A-L, mm-hmm. are all Jewish women. Okay. Also, the only people I know of who have the same first and last name as me are Polish Czech men. Okay. I know that. Because those Polish Czech men have a tendency to try to add me as a friend on Facebook. <laughs> Keep up the great work, Mikkel Kettner. Thank you, Mikkel. Now you got to tell us, A, what shops did you go to in mm-hmm. Paris? B, did you get anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need yeah, to know. Yeah, the comic shops in Paris are crazy. We need all the deets. Yeah. Thank you. Um, we had fun. We have an eat e- macaroons. Yes. And like those street crepes. Like they had these street crepes where they you eat them and they're just street food. And it's like turkey and it's, I don't know what kind of cheese they are, but I've been thinking about those street crepes since I got back. Really? Yeah. See, I've been thinking about the, the stuffed beignets from New Orleans. Stuffed beignets since I've been back. Yeah. So, but I'm going back to New Orleans in November. Right. I'm not going to Paris in November. I'll bring you some stuffed beignets if you like. All right. If you like me to bring you some stuff. I would. I'll bring you some stuff. All right. Dylan, you want stuffed beignets? Dylan is right. giving me the thumbs up. for all. All right. Go ahead. All right. We've got an email from uh, Belinda Silber. Hey, what's up, Belinda? Love listening to both of you and respect your opinion. Although it's not movie related, could you tell me your opinions on breakdancing being an Olympic event? Mm. Just found out this week. This exists. Okay. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Wait a minute. Is she serious? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Breakdancing is an Olympic event. I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Since when? Since, like, a few years ago. You just don't believe her? (laughs) Lynn's opinion is that he doesn't believe you, Belinda. Okay, Summer Olympics. Is this the yes. Special Olympics? Yes, the Summer Olympics. The Summer Olympics break dancing. I is don't an know event. how many different ways to tell you the same thing. Yes, you now have all of the information. There is no further information. Have we meddled in break dancing, the United States? I I don't know. 
Because you I know just, we watch sports. I just know that it, it is an event, and I have mixed feelings about. It. What? Do, why do you have mixed feelings? On the about? one hand, I love anything that um, amplifies hip hop culture. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, there is always a part of me that thinks that the nature of hip hop should always have an outlaw element to it. Okay. And anytime it is mainstreamed, by definition, it dilutes it a bit. Okay, so it hasn't been a, a sport. It will debut. It made its Olympic debut at the Youth Olympic Games in Buenos Aires in 2018. Because it was deemed a success, Breaking has been chosen to be featured um, at the Paris 2024 Olympic sports program as a new sport. Okay. So this will be our first opportunity. Our first opportunity. To medal. Yes. In, 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 in break, break dancing. In, in break, in break, in break dancing. Yes. Well... Here's my thoughts about it. Okay. It's not a sport. Why isn't it? Because I was going, in my mind, I'm trying to say like, okay, but isn't dancing a sport in the Olympics? But it's not. I mean, skating, ice skating. But but technically ice skating is still not, I mean, there are dance elements to, to, to ice skating. There's dance elements to some, you know, the long form gymnastics. Okay. But it's not dance, right? So, like, if you're gonna make break dancing a a sport, mm-hmm. then do you make you make the uh, the cha cha slide a sport? Do you make the twist a sport? I think there's more athleticism built into break dancing. I'm sure there is. Goes. I'm sure there is. But that that still doesn't mean that it's a sport. Why not? Because it, 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 one, there's no, there's no competition to. Well, I guess okay, there's a competition to it because you see who dances the best. Hey, y'all, let's just sit here and watch and wait till Lynn gets to where the rest of us have landed. Keep on. I just don't. It's not a sport. Why not? Because it, 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 because it's not. Oh, no, no. Why not? Be, because while there, there is certainly more athleticism and breakdancing mm-hmm. as opposed to perhaps other forms of dancing. Mm-hmm. There are certainly other forms of dancing that do require, you know, p- perhaps an equal amount of uh, athleticism. Such as? Tap dancing. Tap, tap dancing. Tap, tap, tap dancing is a lot of physical exertion, cardio. Yeah, I don't think it's as I mean, okay, but like there's thing- a whole yeah, but but three dimensional body element. I think there's different things. You you know there are moves. I think I think break dancing has more in common, frankly, with figure skating than tap dancing. Or what is it with with the um with the floor routine with the streamers? Well, I don't agree that that to, to me that's not. Uh, uh, shouldn't be an Olympic sport. So what sport. we've really landed on is you don't think it's a sport because you don't like it. No, it's not because I don't like it. It's because I don't think it 
I don't think it should. It fits the criteria. What is the criteria, though? Of of a sport. Who, who's writing the criteria? It's uh, it's definitions of sport. Yes, and who's defining it? Huh? Look, ah, look. <laughs> I don't like this. Ah. And now we've linked. <laughs> Everyone, wait until the pilot tells you to stand up and get your luggage. Be careful when you open the overhead compartment because things may have moved during the flight. I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, Zumba. Is Zumba a sport? I mean, can can you compete? Can someone Zumba? Out Zumba than, one another? Yes. Then I guess it, it can be a sport. Do they have competitions? Are there Zumba competitions? I'm sure there are. I mean, then I guess it's, it's just, just Zumba trainers. That, that I didn't it, evokes, their trainers. evokes more of sport to me than anything about breakdancing. Go ahead and make it a sport. So Zumba should be a sport. Okay. So Zumba should be an Olympics. Sure. I think it's Zumba. Apparently, you need to be in charge of Zumba being a sport. I don't like this. I know you don't like it. We got one last email. Okay. All right. This is another email from Belinda. Hey, Belinda. And it's a very, it's very short. Okay. Please review. Well, the subject line is please. Okay. Please. Please review story of a three-day pass by Melvin Van Peoples. Okay. I have to tell you, Belinda, that feels like a fall review. Fall review? Yeah, yeah. There are certain films that always feel like are autumn films. Like like school is back in and we're kind of settling in. It's like like feel like those are like hot cocoa films. Okay. You know, have on a sweater and you know, but but yeah, absolutely, Belinda. Now, we didn't get this as an email, but I got certainly enough messages okay. on my Personal Instagram, sure. Instagram, mm-hmm. and Twitter, and a whole nine. There's a great many of the missionaries feel mm-hmm. because we review the Cherokee Kid. Yes, and on the last week of May, mm-hmm. and we both agreed it really wasn't a bad movie. Yes, a lot of missionaries feel mm-hmm. we owe them no a bad movie. No. We roll, we roll the dice in May. We roll the dice and we came up okay. We went into it. We did our due diligence. We assumed it was a bad film. It was a good film. The only thing I will, the only ar- argument I will offer is that because it was my film, I yeah. missed it. I missed that it was not actually released in the theaters. I'm not, I'm not watching no more deliberately shitty movies. <laughs> All right, well, I guess we won't be reviewing any bad black movies until... Deliberately. Deliberately. Because sometimes you never know... So close. You kind of just sneaks out there. You never know what you're going to get. A lot of these films we've never seen before. So... You just don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. (laughs) All right. Well, that was our misses from the missionaries. Right, thank you so much. I really enjoyed that. That you, was fun. You know, all jokes aside, it is it it is it it's a weird conceit doing 
the podcast because you know even now like now it's me you and dylan but for a long time it was just me and you so it is nice to know like yeah. you know it's a community you know people are listening but it is nice to get actual proof right that people so it is always wonderful to talk to everybody and it, it was and uh, we, do, we appreciate all of it we, we really do uh ladame is saying that i believe that breakdancing has more in common with synchronized swimming okay sure Okay, okay. But you don't I, like that either, though. No, I can see the athleticism of, of synchronized swimming. You don't like because, synchronized swimming. I don't like it. Oh, I know you don't like it. I don't like You've it. You've never watched synchronized swimming for one moment in years. Well, that's not it. true. I have seen it. No, you know what it is, but you've never actually watched it. I've watched no, it. No, dude, dude, when I was little, man, I used to watch the- You just watch all of them? I used to watch all the Olympics. Because you couldn't turn channel? No, because I liked it. Like so, I liked to enjoy it. So you were it. watching synchronized swimming. I would watch synchronized swimming. Did watch the whole deal. Yeah, because I, I I appreciate the athleticism appreciate in that. that. Right. Okay. Do you like synchronized swimming? I mean, not really. But... <laughs> My neck. Um, because you're the one that's really invested. <laughs> People run around in circles. Throwing balls at each other. Maybe if they were breakdancing with a ball. I would, right. I would, I would like. Clint McKinnick, he really throws that ball well at the other guy. Clint McKinnick? I mean, you know. What are you talking about? Anyway. Troy Jenkins is so fast. Do you not like the, do you like, do you watch the Olympics? Because you're not into sports at Why all. Why would I watch the Olympics? I don't know, like, cause maybe, like, I don't know if you all like, like track and field. I do the World Cup. I get into the World Cup. So you get into the, the soccer. Yeah, but that's really. Oh, the soccer and the Olympics. Yeah, and, and I do watch that part of it. Okay. Yeah, but. Yeah. Let's see, a soccer guy. I mean, soccer guy is really strong. I mean, but World I enjoy Cup. it. Yeah. I mean, World Cup is yeah. like the premier <laughs> soccer. Right, right. I used to have a Pele uh, jersey that I had to stop wearing. Because it was, it was like just too intense. Mm. Like people were, oh, and then Brazil, and then and Brazil, and then you fool around, somebody's running up on you speaking Portuguese, and they're like, right. oh, easy. That's right. I like Pele in the film Victory, where they defeated the Nazis using soccer. <laughs> and uh, was it scissor kicks? Yeah, that's right. He did bicycle kick. Bicycle kick. Bicycle kick. And I like to watch that, but y'all that easy. Six feet. Speaking of because six. I'm not a hugger. <laughs> I learned that the hard way. Boy, did I learn that the hard way. <laughs> Speaking of six, ladies and gentlemen, let's get over to six degrees of Derville Martin. Degrees of Derville Martin, ladies and gentlemen, I will give Vincent an actor, and he will have six movies or less with which to connect them to 70s Olympic gold medal actor Derville Martin. The man who truly introduced reggae music to America. Yes, he did. All right. Yes, he did. And then 
uh, honor of the film that we are reviewing, The Harder They Come, mm-hmm. which stars Jimmy Cliff. Yes. I have selected two actors. Okay. Of Jamaican descent. Two actors of Jamaican descent. Yes. Interesting. Starting with number one. Number one. Six movies or less. Six movies or less. Connect Derville Martin. Two. Cheryl Lee Ralph. Cheryl Lee Ralph. Get to Cheryl Lee Ralph. A bunch of different ways. But I only need one, of course. Of course. Well, this is what I'm going to do. To get to Cheryl Lee Ralph, who is the daughter of Stanley Ralph, a college professor, and Ivy Ralph, a Jamaican fashion designer and the creator of the Kariba suit. Okay, very nice. Well, Derville Martin is in the final come down with Billy D. Williams, who is in... Who is in Lady Sings the Blues with Richard Pryor? Mm-hmm. Who's in Which Way is Up with Margaret Avery? Mm-hmm. Who is in The Color Purple with Whoopi Goldberg? Who is, of course, in Sister Act 2 with Shirley Ralph? Well, very good, Vincent. You have told little Nar Hill you ain't gonna be singing on that gospel choir cause ain't no money in you singing for the Lord which is one of the weirdest plot developments in black culture where a woman is telling her daughter she can't sing on a gospel choir yeah that's but that's how you get to Shirley Ralph. That is exactly how you get to Shirley Ralph very good Vincent. I could've if you wanted to keep it Jamaican I could have gone the the route and gone from, of course, um, Dick Anthony Williams to Denzel Washington, Mo Bad Blues, and then Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington is in the Mighty Quint with Shirley Ralph. If I wanted to keep it Jamaican, now you're just. Showing off. Well, no, I, 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 you know, I thought about the fact I could have kept it themed. We could have, like you said, Jamaican. I could have stuck with with the Mighty Quinn. Do you want to do this next one and try and keep it themed? Let's see. Well, let me see who it is. Oh, you don't want to just blind say you're going to do it? I'm not. <laughs> but I'll try. Okay. All right. Who is it? In six movies or less, connect mm-hmm. Derville Martin to the Jamaican American rapper. Who goes by the name of Sandra Denton. Okay. That's his government. That's her government. That's her government. But I know her better as Pepper of Salt and Pepper. Salt and Pepper? What was Pepper in? Mm-hmm. All right. I, I'm going to ask you this. Are Salt and Pepper and who's the man? I know Salt is. Yes. Peppers and Who's the Man? Yes. Okay. So. 
you get to who's the man because because I don't know what else Pepper was in. Mm, if you thought hard enough, you would know it because there's an easier movie. I don't know what else Salt and Pepper were in. What else were Salt and Pepper in? What else were Salt and Pepper in? Mm. I mean, I'm because I'm assuming they were in it together. Um, let's see. Uh, well, this didn't come out in the theaters. Uh, I don't think Salt was here. Peppa, that was a TV show. Joe's Apartment. First Time Felon. And then there's another movie that I'm not going to tell you. All right. Well, this is what I'm going to do then. But you, who's the man? Derville Martin. Derville Martin is in um, Five on the Black Hand Side with Dick Anthony Williams, who is in Mo Better Blues with Samuel Jackson. Okay. Who is in the Shaft remake, remake with Buster Rhymes. Mm-hmm. Who's in Who's the Man with Pappy. There you go. Very good, Vincent. Very good. Now, what else was Pappy in? Easier movie. Okay. Would have been uh, the film that she's she a star mm-hmm. in alongside her ex husband, Tretch. What is she in with Tretch? Jason's lyric. Peppa is not in Jason's lyric. Yes, she is. Why? Oh, Sandy. I have no memory of Peppa in Jason's lyric. No, I didn't say she was doing good work. <laughs> she's in there. Okay. She's in there. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, okay. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. Yeah. You got there. I got there. That's I got all there. that counts. That's all that counts. Got there. Yeah. All right. There you go. All right. So, very good, Vincent. All right. All right. Well, there you go. There you go. And now. It's been nice. <laughs> it was nice. It's a nice, genteel. Pre movie discussion. And it's now time for us to get into our review of The Harder They Come. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. Anything in Oma, anything. You can't stay here, you know, because I can't help you. I could make a record. I can sing in Oma. You want me to go and beg work for ten dollars a week for the rest of my life? I'd rather die. Sitting here in limbo. This is my big chance. Nothing can stop me now, you know. Yeah, sign here. 
And remember, I control this business. Sitting here in limo. What's the meaning of this, sir? That means you get $20 for the record. $20, sir? That don't sound right. Well, they're putting up resistance, but I know that my faith will leave me. He didn't believe me. Didn't I tell you I was going to be famous one day? Send this one to the editor. Make sure him get it. But you can't expect me not to publish a picture like this. A 1972 Jamaican crime thriller is the story of a young man who wishes to become a successful reggae singer, but finds himself tied to corrupt record producers and drug pushers. <laughs> Directed by Perry Hinzel with a screenplay by Perry Hinzel and Trevor Roan, The Harder They Come stars Jimmy Cliff and is a film that many have acknowledged was responsible for introducing the rest of the world writ large yeah. to Jamaican music and specifically reggae music through the work mainly of its star, Jimmy Cliff. Mm-hmm. The Harder They Come, 1972, was the choice of Lynn Webb. Lynn, how would you like to begin our conversation around The Harder They Come? Well, let me tell you, let me just get this out of the way. All right. I mentioned at the top of the show, this movie triggered the hell out of me. Yes. And the reason why is because when I was back in, um, I I guess I was in high school. Yeah, I was in high school. I used to date a Jamaican Jamaican girl. Okay. Right? Um, And we had, it it was a great relationship. Okay. That's cool. Um. She was the, she was the head cheerleader. All right. She was a dancer. All right. Right. Like yeah. And like and and first of all, when you're just a, a a nerd who reads comic books, yes, you know, and draws Batman pictures, yeah, and you know can maybe make a layup. Oh you know, yeah, that wasn't a bad Batman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You fighting outside your weight, <laughs> dog. Yeah. Oh yeah, dog. Mm-hmm. And I was, I loved it. All right. But she was she was you know she was. She was Jamaican, so I would go over her house, mm-hmm. and you know she had she had three older sisters and a younger brother. Her mom, I don't remember if her dad was was there. Okay, I remember remember distinctly her mother. Her mm-hmm. mother was was no joke. She is like the epitome of what you think a Jamaican mother is. She she was you know a uh, 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 boisterous woman. Uh, she was always cooking. 
She would, you know, the patois was flying all over the place. Mm -hmm. I knew not a word of what anybody was saying. Mm -hmm. You know, as far as I know, they were ready ready to kill me. I don't know what they all said, right? I just, every once in a while, I heard Len. Yes. So it's like, uh, yes, it's me. In their defense, you were sniffing around their daughter and or sister. And you probably weren't there for Bible study. Anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um... But what I remember is that every time I went over her house, mm-hmm. like as I'm walking up to the house, I could see her mother sitting on the porch, right? And then she would get up, she'd go in the house, and she'd come back out. And she'd come back out by the time I've gotten to the house. And what would happen is she saw me coming, went in the house, and got her machete. Oh. And then would come out and would sit on the porch with the machete. Subtle. <laughs> Not really. Because she then sit with the machete and like, you know how you just like popping into a thing of wood? She's Actually, like, don't know, but. Oh, she's like, boom. Okay. And then just sit there. Yes. With the machete. Yes. As I sit there talking to her daughter. Yes. And the only way, the only way I could be on even stakes is if I walked my dog with me. Right. Because then at least I had my dog. Right. You know, but otherwise. Which you were going to use to attack your girlfriend's mother? No, no, no. But but then they were like, oh, he's tiger. He's big. He's big. I'm like, he's he's cool. He's cool. Yeah. But but I felt on equal footing. Don't do that again. No. Yeah, don't do that again. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. You know what I did. So that was wrong. So, um, but so watching this movie, it took you back. It took me back because right. there's this moment when Jimmy Cliff, mm-hmm. he uh, in the role of Ivan, mm-hmm. he he's taking the bus to in, into in the, into the town. Yeah, um, and you know, famously, like you know, I think there's only one stoplight in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the bus is like riding on two wheels and things, and he gets out and he's walking and he's hungry and stuff like that. And he sees somebody with vegetable and he, and he reaches for a vegetable and. L- Somebody puts a machete right on his wrist. And that and that took you back. I was like, yo, that's that's I was I was I was back that I was sixteen again. Sixteen again. And I was like, woo. All right. Woo. Well, there you go. So I got triggered. Therapy is real. It is real. All right. That notwithstanding. That notwithstanding. I watched this film and from the beginning. Mm-hmm. From this movie, when it starts off, first of all, I let you know that you are on the island of Jamaica. Absolutely, right from the beginning of the film, you see the waters cresting on the on on the side of the the island as a bus is careening over the roads, bringing Jimmy Cliff, as I mentioned, Ivan into the town. Mm-hmm. Right, he's come from country, which mm-hmm. you believed to be like United States. I, I think I no no no. Sure. I just assumed the country oh, like further further. I don't know if inland or I wasn't but, sure. But the country, okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah. But it's and the thing is, you don't really need to know, right? There's a detail, but I'll talk about that when it's my turn. Go ahead. But then, and he's he's come in and he has dreams of being a singer. Yes, right. He has dreams of being a Jamaican singer, and he knows he can do it. And he, he, He'll be, he'll be big, um, and that is that's all he wants to do. He'll get some kind of like piece of a job until he, until he makes that happen. 
but that's all he wants to do. And even when he, but when he makes that happen and when he finally proves that he can be a singer and he's not only a singer, but a, uh, a smart songwriter and has mm-hmm. written his own, written his own uh, fantastic song, which is the title track, mm-hmm. the harder they come. Um, and, and proves it to the, the local, you know, music producer mm-hmm. who kind of like runs the town as far as music goes. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, but then like in true music producer fashion, you know, asks him over mm-hmm. for his dough. And then he feels like, Ivan feels like he is forced to turn to a life of crime. Yes. And he starts selling weed. Um, and then things just devolve into there to next thing you know, he, he kills a man yeah. and then he goes on a killing spree. He gets good to him. He, yeah. He gets good to him. Them bullets just, just keep the flying. Right. And as I'm watching this, I'm like, you know, there's a lot of elements of this movie that fit hand in hand with the black films of this time, 1972, 73, mm-hmm. you, the, the black exploit to quote unquote black exploitation era is really starting to bubble up. Yeah. In oh, yeah. Hollywood, you know, Shaft is hitting, Superfly mm-hmm. is hitting. That's right. You know, uh, Fred Williamson, you know, The Hammer, um, uh, Truck Turner, like all of these movies, even Pam Greer, I think by 73, it's kind of like been introduced into the psyche at that time. So, and a lot of the elements of this, of this movie, you know, some guy trying to make it, can't make it forced to a life of crime. These are elements that you will find in a lot of those films, Mm -hmm. right? The difference is, is that in those films, they would take it to a more fanciful realm. As far as now it becomes the, you against the man. Mm-hmm. The man's trying. It, there, there's, there's this force that's keeping you from, you know, what is rightfully yours. And mm-hmm. now you feel a need that you're going to do it and take what is yours by any means necessary, right? That usually becomes the stock trade of those black exploitation films. In the harder they come, this is just. Life in Jamaica. Right. This is just, this might as well be, as much as this is a crime movie, and it is, especially the second half, as I said, he goes, he goes ham. Sure. Sure. But even then, this is still very much just the world of Jamaica. You are dropped in the middle of it. And this is just one of the stories that is playing out on those, on those streets. Yes. Right. It's it's not some big epic, you know. It's it's just something that is happening there, right. and 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 when those things happen, it always happens to like a small group of people. And what this movie takes the time with, because it is just a slice of life in Jamaica, you see how Ivan and what he's doing. You see how that the concentric circles just circle out and touch everybody in his life. Mm-hmm. And it touches the woman that he falls in love, love with. It touches his friends, it touches his friend's son. Um, and it really becomes very much of a, a bit of a character study to me mm-hmm. because 
Ivan is a guy who can't get out of his own way. And that is the thing that you don't see in a black exploitation movies. There's always somebody else, some other outside force. Right. Ivan is his own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And the movie never lets you forget that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I appreciate that because in that, the movie is playing fair. And the movie also realizes that it has a powerful magnetic star in Jimmy Cliff, who you cannot take your eyes off yeah. in this movie. You can not. He is so assured. He's not an actor. He's a, he's he's a, a, musician. Musician. He's a musician. He's Jimmy Cliff. He's a musician. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's the second coming of Portier or anything in this movie. But he just feels so real. He, he has that it. He's got, got he's got it, yeah, man. Absolutely. And, and 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 but he's got it and he's not flaunting it. The only time you can see him maybe eat, it it bubble up to the surface and he's playing around with it is when he's singing the song. When he actually becomes becomes the entertainer entertainer that he's always saw in himself. Right. And I think it's smart that the movie never, uh, never lets you see that in him until that moment. Yeah. And when you see that moment and you can see this dude is a star and everybody around him can see that he's the star, which means that dude has got to jerk him over. Right. The second the dude jerks him over, he go he he dials back down, and that's when it, the 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 wheels come off. Right, and he go he goes crazy. Um, but he sells this movie so so beautifully, and what I appreciate is that he could have made this film in Jamaica. And and you see, they use all of Jamaica. They use, mm-hmm. you know, from the the worst parts of Jamaica That's right. to the more privileged parts of Jamaica. That's right. You see every strata of life in That's Jamaica right. fully formed, fully fleshed out on on screen without any apologies, mm-hmm. without any real like hitting you over the head of like, oh, this is where the, you know, the the richer people live. This mm-hmm. is where, you know, poorer people live. And this is how they've got to get down. This is how the cops deal with crime in the city. This is how the army, the the military is dealing with. They don't hit you over the head with any of that. You just follow the breadcrumbs. You follow the story. And it all fills itself out like smart um, storytelling does. And because of that, this is the film that I honestly went into with very low expectations. Okay. Right. As far as, as far as a film. As a film. Right. right. Yeah, I'm right. thinking, I, yeah. you know, I know, I know Jimmy Cliff. I know his music. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, this is going to, I'm honestly thinking this is going to be super fly. Banging soundtrack. Right. Weak movie. Right. This, the soundtrack, if you like Jamaican mu- uh, music, and I guess it is reggae, but it probably is not the reggae right, that you're. This is early. It's early yeah, reggae, this is right? Or like that Sly and Robbie, right? Right. Bob Marley reggae that we all think of. Uh, think of as, as reggae. reggae. This is yeah. reggae, still kind of like living off of some of his blues and doo wop ish mm-hmm. kind yeah, of like yeah. you know origins. More highlight. 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But it's beautiful. Yeah. It is yeah, absolutely no, no. beautiful, soulful, real in this movie. Um, so the music definitely wills out in this movie. Mm-hmm. It, it it is all there and all that and then some. But like great cinema, this the music only illustrates what this movie is all about. And that is Ivan's story. And it's Ivan's story from how he wants to be become a, you know, a singer, falls in love with a woman. I think it, I think it's very beautiful, beautifully handled how he falls in love with uh, Elsa in this movie, uh, who is played. I want to get the name right, uh, Janet Bartley. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's they fall in love, but. Is not in any over the top way. A lot of their scenes, there's a, a, a beautiful montage of scenes of them that are wordless, yeah. and it really is just them riding on a bike, riding a bicycle, bicycle, right? right? Um, through Jamaica with no apologies to some of the scenario, you know, some of the scenery of Jamaica. You don't care because you're you're just locked in on these two two kids riding on this bike, and you can feel that they actually feel for one another. The movie doesn't make any um, aspersions to, you know, that he is some saint, but you never lose focus that he has deep, sincere feelings for Elsa Mm -hmm. and Elsa uh, uh, in return. You feel his friendship with Pedro grow throughout the movie um, and he becomes like it, it. you know, like almost like a brother to him throughout the throughout the film. Um, it touches on some interesting commentary with with uh, the church in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I told you, it's got some definitely interesting commentary on the, on the police and the military in Jamaica, on the drug trade in in Jamaica, life in Jamaica, um, music in Jamaica. Um, privilege in Jamaica. It mm-hmm. touches on all of that without being it overhead to become what I think you said is a classic. It's a certified classic. I'm surprised and maybe I'm wrong. That this is not a criterion collection film. Yeah. Because yeah. This, this, if ever there was a film that cries to be in a criterion collection, it is the harder they come. I enjoyed every moment. of this. Yeah. I don't know if it's, a Criterion Collection film or not, but you're right. It seems like something right up there, right up their alley, their their lane. But um, yeah, I agree with everything you said. I agree with everything you said. I think, I think it's 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 a disservice to this film as a film that the way most of us know about this film is as the vehicle for the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And much like you, like, I know I've seen this movie before, but I never really paid attention to it the way I did today. And and much like you, there were several elements of the film as a film that stuck out to me from the very beginning. Like you said, this is an amazing depiction of 1972 Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it is... You know, as as the the history shows, this was a film that was a hit in Jamaica. Yes, and then made the leap to international audiences. But you can tell this was a film by Jamaicans 
made for Jamaicans and, and having these characters, these, these, these ordinary people, these ordinary Jamaicans as characters was something that historically had not been seen before, Mm -hmm. but these are real people. These are real people. These are real locations. Um, I, I mentioned the fact that he was inland in Jamaica before he went to see, like, I love the detail that the first character beat we get from him is he lies to his grandmother. Yeah. Because he comes in, you know, he's come from the country. His mother has died. They've sold their country property. He's come to tell his grandmother about his mother being, you know, her daughter, his mother being dead. They have the funeral. He gives her the remnants of the money that he has left from the sale of their property. But he says they he spent the bulk of it on her funeral and, and they go back and forth. And I, I, you know, I love his grandmother who says, well, you spent all the money. How are you going to get back to the country? Mm-hmm. Because she immediately knows that no good can come from him being in the city. Right. And he says, you know, oh, I'm going to make my way in the city, this, that, and the other. And then there's this wonderful moment where she asked him for manga. Did you bring me a mango? Because apparently there were mango groves where he was in the country. And he says, oh, it was a bad season. Mm-hmm. There were no mangoes. But what we have seen earlier is him sitting on the bus eating Eat mangoes. mangoes. Yeah. So right there, you okay, well, this is who this guy is. Yeah. And then it goes from there. And, it, and much like you, I love the, the, the almost naturalism that comes from his journey where he goes from being destitute and homeless. He's taken in by the church. He gets a piece of job. Mm-hmm. He finally gets a break and makes a song. But because of, of you know, industry, industry rule number 480, there's no money to be made. And then he slips very naturally into a life of crime. Yeah. And it goes from there. And I hadn't thought about the fact that this is occurring at at the same time as black exploitation, but you're right. There is a real contrast bef- between the over the top nature mm-hmm. of what we think of with bl- with black exploitation and something like this, where certainly there's crime involved, certainly there's gunplay involved, but it is it's almost it's a character study disguised as this action, yeah, as this film. There are some wonderful directing choices in here that I thought, you know, I think um, I, I think um, Perry Henzel is a Jamaican director of mm-hmm. the And there are some great moments in here. You know, first and foremost, the way he captures Jamaica. Oh, yeah. Is extraordinary. The photography in this movie. The, the photography is extraordinary. But there are moments like that montage that you talked about where, where Ivan and Elsa are riding on the bike in front of the beautiful ocean backdrop mm-hmm. that that the director captures wonderfully <clears throat> my absolute favorite moment in the scene there's a moment when he becomes a drug mule and now he's part of this operation um transporting marijuana right where he is sitting in darkness with other members of the cartel and he's they're, they're talking about buying guns mm-hmm. you know you need a gun and the, the 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 actors are in silhouette, and one of them lights this really elaborate pipe. Yes, yes. 
and yes. you see the glow of the pipe, mm-hmm. which lights all of the actors and go and it goes, it gets brighter and dimmer, brighter and dimmer as he puffs on the pipe. And it is an extraordinary moment. Just the ringlets of smoke is it's amazing. Yeah. So that, you know, I love that part of it. I love the way, and I have to say, if I've seen this before, I didn't see it with subtitles. I immediately turned on the subtitle. Oh, (laughs) he says something in the beginning. I was like, oh, I got it. Yeah, because I lost lost track of everything immediately when he walks up before he sees his grandmother at the domino game. Oh, I was, and I say, oh yeah, I, I, but I was on the bus. I love the details of how the music industry, the police, mm-hmm. the government, and crime are interconnected. Yes, to keep the populace under control. Ex- exactly, and I love control how they, mechanisms. It, like it's almost. It's, it's this moment where it becomes the French connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you see this interlocking of all of these different elements that I thought was really well done. It's all five, it's all five seasons of The Wire. Yeah. Right there. Much like you, I think Jimmy Cliff is, it, you, cannot, you cannot take your eye off of him, which is something that is pretty notable in a film that at any given moment on any part of the screen, there's something interesting happening mm-hmm. visually, um, kinetically, yep. um, just just the personage. You, you know, like these are real people. Like these aren't people who all were just acting. So like these look like real people. Well, it's filmed, you know, it's filmed right in the heart of Jamaica. Yeah. And there's nothing more interesting than real people. Exactly. So you have all of this going on, and then in the middle you have Jimmy Cliff. Mm-hmm. We mentioned um, Miss Juneteenth for a second b- b- before the review, and one of the things that I love about Miss Juneteenth is the same thing I love about this. Like in my mind, the sign of a fully realized world is one where, as the viewer, I feel like. A, this world was here before the camera turned on. B, this world is going to be here when the camera goes somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And more impor- most importantly, C, this is a world that I could see more of. Right. I love the depiction of this church mm-hmm. that, that, you know, the man he goes to work for and Ilsa's godfather basically right. runs. I love the world of the um, studio where Hilton. The, oh, you, yeah. Where you call him, you, you know, it, like you call him corrupt, but I think he's just a music guy. Like, this is just what he does. He's corrupt. I mean, I guess you can sign on the line that is dotted or not. Yeah, but then if you don't, but but remember, he then blocks. Yes. Um, Ivan from having any success. Look, a tribe called Quest told you in 1989, record company people are shady. Okay, so so he's but corrupt. I could have watched a whole bit about that. About yeah, just, just about the, the music industry. You're right, right, right. The policeman who is you know kind of moving things around. I could have watched that. 
there's a moment where a plane lands for 10 seconds and they hand him a bag, something in the bag. Of, you know, you assume it's a bag of drugs and then the plane takes back off where I said, oh, well, this is a half hour right here. Mm -hmm. Just this operation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a whole operation. So that not only was I pleasantly surprised by this film, I was actually impressed by how good this film was. And it didn't really have to be this good. No, no. You're going to, the harder they come, because you either know Jimmy Cliff, you've heard of Jimmy Cliff, uh -huh. and you want to see him and his music alive on screen, maybe have some laughs, see what it's like in Jamaica. That's it. If this movie was a, the music and a travelogue of Jamaica, everybody would have been happy. Yes. You know, um, and they, they maybe, you know, or do like they did with uh, Sunrise, Space is a Place. You, you take a Jimmy Cliff concert and you stitch a story around it. Right. Right. No. That's not what this dude does. This and and he goes and creates a fully formed, fully fleshed out character mm -hmm. uh, with a story, with pathos, with um, a human interest, um, with an arc, a fully formed arc. Yeah, oh yeah. Because he because he almost turns into like Robin Hood at the end of the movie. By the end there's, of the movie, by the end of the movie, I'm thinking, oh. There's a lot of this in Queen and Slim. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, totally, yeah. totally. You didn't need any of that. You really didn't. But he, God bless you, he gave it to you, yeah. and shit, if he ain't, stick the landing. Yeah, 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 because, uh, you know, you know how the film is going to end. Like, you know how these movies are going to end, yes. of course. But, but it's it's a beautiful ending, too. It is beautiful. Because it, 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 again, like you said, the you know how it's going to end, but all the way to the end, the, he's still playing at the the height of his intelligence. Yes, and, and not that he's the smartest guy, but he's still it's at the height right. of that character's intelligence. You yeah. never feel like he <laughs> like all of a sudden just for plot con convenience something happens. And as the audience, you're pulling for him. Exactly. A one hundred percent. Even though he is dead ass wrong. Oh, again, the first thing he does in the film is lost to his grandmother about a mango. Yeah, but you're pull you're pulling for him. Um, it's really, really just a oh, oh, well done. Yeah, and we've kind of buried it because it's what everybody talks about. But the music is great. Oh, it's fantastic. You know the media. Like I think we kind of take it for granted. Because we all know the music now and you have access to all types of music, but you can understand why this hit so hard in 1972. Dude, if someone told me that the harder they, they make a joke in this movie about when he finally, the, the song finally gets played on a record uh -huh. and uh, on a radio and how the dude's like, oh, y'all want to hear it again? Okay, well, I'm going to play it again and keep playing. If some, if I went back in a time machine to 1972-73 and turned on the radio and they were playing The Harder They Come over and over again on the radio back then, I would 100% believe it because yeah. it was an infectious Look, tune. Yeah. Made all the more infectious, like we said, because that's the moment where Jimmy is performing and right. and, and he's, he's right. leaning into it. Right, right. You know? And back to the director, it is a sign of his confidence as a filmmaker 
this film is an hour and 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. I think it's at the 45 minute mark where he finally sings. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, everyone was confident enough that they don't have to play the big Joker mm -hmm. until halfway through the movie almost. Mm -hmm. You know, we got enough here. We, we don't need Jimmy Cliff to Jimmy Cliff yet. Right. We got all this other stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, just, just a triumph. It, it really is. So, you know, the question, of course, would be, yes. would you recommend The Harder They Come? I would. I would wholeheartedly recommend uh, The Harder They Come with subtitles. With subtitles. <laughs> um, but I think that it is a film that will um, actually, you're not prepared for. Mm -hmm. It will surprise you. It is a movie that will surprise you. Um, but you will walk away from it, you know, smiling and saying, that was, a, that was a good movie. Yeah. That was a really good movie. Yes. I would definitely recommend it. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Same thing is, is, is we're, we're being kind of jokey about it, but I think it is a testament to its, um, it's sort of authenticity and for how it's directed to a very specific audience mm -hmm. that if you are not Jamaican or if you are not a, a, a type of Jamaican that understands this very heavy, and I know Patois is a problematic word. It's very difficult to understand, mm -hmm. but even that I think lends itself to its authenticity. I think about something like daughters of the dust where okay. people have said the same thing, but, um, yeah, this is a very this is a very good film. Yeah. This is a very good film and I also recommend it. Yeah. Definitely should check it out, ladies and gentlemen. Definitely should check out The Harder They Come. With Jimmy Cliff. Yes. Big recommendation. Before we tell you what we are going to be rewatching next week here on the Michelle Mission, I invite you to Follow the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made. You can go to michellemission.com and hit swag where you can check out all of the cool designs and shirts and gifts that we have available for you by way of our good friends at Tee Public. That is how we are able to keep our show coming to you for free. You can also like and follow Michelle Mission on the social media of your choice, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Michelle Mission. Subscribe to the Michelle Mission on YouTube. YouTube.com at me show mission. Become one of our subscribers and hit the bell. So you'll be notified when we have new videos going up. I am now video um, Vincent. I am going back over uh, some of our better shows and editing out just the review. Very nice. So there'll be a whole playlist with that is simply just be reviews of the film. So people I know like the, Sometimes I just want to sit with our review. Just the reviews. Just that. Right, so right, we're right. getting that playlist together for you. There's, right. you know, top fives. There's Six Degrees of Dover, Martin, and more stuff coming your way on YouTube.com at Michelle Mission. You can email us if you have a thought of your thought you want to pass along to us. Email us at Mission at gmail.com. M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X-M-I-S-S-I-O-N at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 215-867-9666. That's 215-867-9666. Tell Vincent and Len what is on your mind. All right. 
Michelle Mission is a proud member of The Podglomerate. ThePodglomerate.com, they make podcasts work such as ours, which streams to you every Tuesday live from the Video Content Factory, Philadelphia's premier video content podcast factory, plaza, pavilion, it's all that and then some. Go to videocontentfactory.com and book your time today. And and Dylan said we have to at least lend him out during the day. Okay. Because he's, you know, he's got to eat, so he's got to make money. So, okay. So, ah, capitalism. I know. Uh. All right. Next week. Next week. On the Michelle Mission. Yes. Um, Vincent, I hope you are ready. Because one of the one of the exercises that we are doing here mm-hmm. on the Michelle um, Mission is that we are having fun going back mm-hmm. and reviewing films that didn't maybe didn't get the full YouTube treatment. Didn't get the full YouTube treatment. Treating this as a as a multimedia experience. Now. Exactly. And next week is one of those films. Okay. We are going to be re-reviewing. Re-reviewing. Dream Girls. Dream Girls. Starring Beyonce, yes. Jennifer Hudson. Yes. Um, Anika Noni Rose. Eddie Murphy. Yes. Um, and I just drew a blank on our, our man, a comedian. The other comedian in this film. Besides Eddie Murphy? Yes. But no, no, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. Jamie right, Foxx. Right, right. Don't think of him as a comedian. I know he's a fan of many gifts. Many gifts. So we're going to be reviewing that next week, ladies and gentlemen. But we have a very special guest joining us from DCP Entertainment. Adele Coleman will be joining us to review Dream Girls. It promises to be a fun review. Absolutely. Until next week, he's Vincent. I'm Len. And in parting, we say, see you when it's time to meet again. The Michelle Mission is produced by Len Webb and Vincent Williams and edited by Len Webb with co-production by Mo Poplar, music by Alexa Gold, and filmed at the Video Content Factory. The Michelle Mission is a proud member of the Podglomerate Podcast Network. <laughs>